Welcome to the Lifting Lessons at Lunch, hosted by Calvary Baptist Church of Statham, Georgia. My name is Matt Dibler, and I have the great privilege of pastoring Calvary Baptist Church. This podcast can be heard every Monday through Friday at 12 o'clock. And now, here is our speaker for today. Well, welcome to today's Lifting Lesson at Lunch. I'm so thankful and honored that you have taken time out of your day to join us as we study the Word of God. I encourage you to take your Bibles and join me in the book of Philippians, the book of Philippians chapter number one. Now, of course, if you've been with us for uh, the last couple weeks, you know that at the beginning of the year, we started a study in the book of Philippians. It's the book of Christian joy, how we can have joy no matter the circumstances, no matter the the people, no matter the things in this world, and no matter the things that we have to worry about, we can have joy in our Christian life. And today we're going to be looking at something that is the joy in preaching the gospel. Really, I've entitled the lifting lesson today that Christ is preached. Christ is preached. Now, by way of context, if you were to read verse 13, you would see that Paul, he is in bonds. And if you were to listen last week to Brother Lindell's lifting lesson, you know you would see that as Brother Lindell expounded upon, he was in bonds. He was in uh, under house arrest in Rome. And he's writing this book to the church at Philippi, encouraging them because they themselves are going through persecution. And Paul, he says, I'm in bonds as well. And you're in persecution. And he says in verse 14 that because of the persecution that I'm facing... It's causing you to be able to be more bold in your witness because you know that what I'm going through is proving that what we're doing is true. And because of that, you should wax more bold. And we see that the church of Philippi, they were, they were waxing more bold to speak the word without fear, as verse 14 says. They were growing in their faith and growing in their boldness to preach the word of God. But as we come here to verse 15 of the chapter 1 of the book of Philippians, we see some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preach Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then, notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached? And I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. In these few verses that we have read, we see that Paul, he identifies two groups of people that the church at Philippi was aware of, that he was aware of, that were preaching the gospel. And then we also see Paul's response to these two groups. Let's first look at the first group, in which Paul references here in the book of Philippians. He refers to the group that preaches the gospel of envy and strife, and the group also preaches Christ of contention, not sincerely. The word envy here means jealousy. The folks that would preach out of envy, they were jealous of Paul, envious of his success and resentful of his influence in the Roman church. Some preached Christ, as Paul identifies here, out of jealousy. They saw the success that Paul was having. 
They saw the love that people had towards Paul. And what they had done is they began to preach, not with the motive of pureness, but with the motive of jealousy. Not only do we see this motive of envy, but also we see the motive of strife. What this word means is that it's fictitious rivalry. Now, let's make some application here and maybe turn the light on ourselves a little bit. Maybe there's a church that you know of. Maybe it's another Baptist church. Maybe it's a Presbyterian church or a Methodist church or whatever it may be. And they they don't do things that you think they should. And maybe they don't do things the way that the Bible says. Maybe their methodology is sinful. Maybe it's wrong. Maybe they are just flat out wrong in their music. Maybe they're flat out wrong in their dress. Maybe they're flat out wrong in, in the way that they conduct their worship services. Maybe they are just flat out wrong. But you know what Paul says here? And I'm getting a little ahead of myself. He says that we can rejoice if the gospel is being preached. No, we can't rejoice in everything else, but we rejoice in the gospel being preached. And we will come back to that. But I wanted to make that statement so that that is clear. But we see that this first group, they were preaching the gospel of envy and of strife and of, and of contention. The word contention is the uh, has the idea of Precious metal, that is the gospel, being mixed with base alloys or base metals. That's the worldly methodology. What this group of people is, they were preaching in contention, not sincerely. They were mixing the pureness of the gospel. They were preaching the gospel now. But the way that they did it was wrong. The way that they did it was full of contention and not sincerely. And it all comes back to the idea that they were jealous of what Paul was doing. And you see what Paul says that these things did to him. Look here at verse number 16. Supposing that they did it because they wanted to add affliction to my bonds. Now, Paul was already in, a, in house arrest. He was already chained to a, to a Roman prisoner 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. But we see that them preaching this way, it added affliction. That word affliction there, it, it means that it has the idea of the friction that is caused by chains. So not only was he in physical chains, but he was in emotional chains. He felt the pain emotionally knowing that there are those that are preaching the gospel with ill intent, with malice in their heart towards him because they were jealous, because they thought that they were rivals. They preached out of contention, not sincerely. And because of that, it was adding affliction. So that's the first group. Let's look at the second group that Paul identifies here. The second group that was preaching the gospel consisted of people that preached out of goodwill and love. Look at the end of verse 15. And some also of goodwill, verse 17, but the other of love. We see that this group, they were preaching of goodwill. This word goodwill, if, you, if your mind is in the, is in the mode right now of, of the Bible, you're thinking of goodwill. Hmm, when was the last time I heard that? Well, if you remember, what did, what did the angels say to the shepherds that were abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night? They said, peace, goodwill towards men. Goodwill, it's the same words being used. 
It, is, it was a sincere desire from the heart. They wanted to give uh, the, the sincere desire to preach the pureness of the gospel, not only to help others, but to encourage and bless Paul's heart. Now, just a little pause here. You know, when pastor hears that you are sharing your faith, you're sharing the gospel with others, and he hears about that, it, it, it makes him rejoice. It fills his heart with joy. He sees that as a, as a victory. So I encourage you, share the word of God. Share your faith. Share the gospel with others. It makes, it makes a preacher's heart rejoice knowing that the people that God has given him to, to be the under-shepherd of are taking the word of God and sharing it with the lost in a dying world and encourages pastor's heart. But not only do we see that they were preaching out of goodwill, but also of love. They, they were preaching just for the purity of the preaching. They were preaching because they loved others. They loved others. And they wanted others to come to the saving knowledge that they had come to. So we see Paul's identification of these two groups. The first group of envy, strife, and contention. And the second group of goodwill and love. Now let's look, number two, at how Paul reacts to these groups how Paul responds to these groups. Look here first. Paul recognizes that there were two groups. He recognized that there was a group preaching of envy and strife, and he recognized a group that was preaching of goodwill and of love. But notice this. And this is very important. Paul, he's not speaking at the first group. He's not saying that they are preaching a false gospel. He is not saying that the first group is preaching a false gospel. If that were the case, then Galatians chapter 1, verse 8 and 9 would take effect, where Paul says, But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. That word accursed there, it means to be utterly destroyed utterly demolished. Paul, he is identifying that this first group, yes, they're preaching of envy and strife and contention, but they are still preaching the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now that may be the only thing in all of their doctrine that they have right, but they are preaching the pure, true gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And because of that, because of that, Paul he rejoiced. There is no rejoicing in a false gospel, but we can rejoice in the gospel being preached, the true gospel being preached, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ for the complete and full payment of our sins. We can rejoice in that, even if those that are preaching it have malicious intent. Paul, he recognized the two groups, but he also he rejoiced nonetheless, in the preaching of the gospel. Paul looked at the preaching, not the preacher. He looked at the preaching and rejoiced. We too should rejoice in the preaching, even if we cannot rejoice in the preacher. You say, what if I can't rejoice in the preacher? You know what you can do? You can pray for him. You can pray that the methods that he uses gets back to the word of God and how God defines how we should share the gospel and how we should preach the gospel. Our world today is filled with churches that have terrible methodology 
and preach a false gospel. Those that do that, they should be accursed, utterly demolished. Maybe there are those churches in the world that preach a false gospel, but their methodology, you say, well, there's nothing wrong with their methodology, but they're preaching a false gospel. In that, they should be accursed. Now, maybe there's a church that they do preach the gospel. They preach the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, plus nothing, minus nothing. But maybe you don't agree with their music. Maybe you don't agree with, with all the things that, that you could list. Although you can't rejoice in those other things, you can rejoice that the gospel is being preached. And although you may not become best friends with the people at the church that are doing the things wrong that the Bible clearly condemns, that they're preaching the gospel, no, you may, you may not link arms with them. They may not be your best friend, but they don't have to be your enemy. And they're not your enemy if they're preaching the true gospel. But then there also are the churches that preach the true gospel and their methodology is right on. We can rejoice in that too. We can rejoice and know that the gospel is being preached. Paul rejoiced. Paul rejoiced. He says in verse 18, What then, notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. Today I ask, first of all, do you witness? I'm going to go ahead and say that if you don't witness, don't complain about how other people do it. John R. Rice once said that there was an older lady who came to him and said, I don't like the way you witness. See, because John R. Rice would sometimes go into bars and witness to people. And John R. Rice asked the lady, so how do you witness? And she said, well, I don't really witness. And he said, well, I prefer my way to your way. Do you witness? Are you a soul winner? If you are, then rejoice. Rejoice because the gospel is being preached. And maybe they don't agree with you on absolutely everything, but they agree with you on the gospel. They don't have to be your friend. They don't have to be your best friend, rather, but they definitely do not have to be your enemy. And as our pastor says, as we get closer to the ending of the church age and the rapture will take place, as things get harder for the church, we are, we are going to need each other. We are going to need each other. We should preach the gospel and rejoice. Whether the motives of those that preach it are good or bad, if they are preaching the true gospel, we should rejoice. Paul, he rejoiced. Another question I have is, do you rejoice when you hear about others that lead someone to the Lord? Do you rejoice or do you say, well, that should have been me or maybe I was witnessing to them for 10 years and then somebody comes along and leads them to the Lord. Ah, we should rejoice. We shouldn't have motives of envy and strife and contention, but of goodwill and of love. That's the motives that we should have. Friend, today I encourage you to preach the gospel. Be a witness for the Lord. And if you see others that are leading people to Christ, but maybe the way that they do it and all the things that, that you don't like, rejoice. Souls are being saved. You can rejoice in the preaching of the gospel. I encourage you to witness to people, and I pray that you have a great rest of your day and a great rest of your week, and we look forward to being with you again tomorrow at our Lifting Lesson at Lunch. Have a great day.